0: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Pancake.
1: Hi there, I'm Rain Wilson. And
3: I'm Reza Aslan, or I think I'm Reza Aslan, I'm not sure. What, are you doubtful of your own identity? Well, sometimes, yeah, I doubt a lot of things about myself, and I doubt a lot about my abilities, I doubt my faith, I'm basically a a person full of doubt
1: right now. And is this a bad thing, this doubt?
3: That's what we're going to talk about today. Ooh. So, I was uh, reading this U.S. religious landscape study, um, the Pew uh, Forum on Religion and Public Life. Yeah, in that, your spare time, you in just my like spare to time. open up
1: the uh, U.S. religious landscape study? Sometimes, of what I like to do,
3: yeah, when I'm just relaxing, I yeah. put my
1: feet up and Pooping. then I
3: read statistics about uh, the religious landscape okay. of America, as one does.
1: And what did you glean?
3: Well, what I gleaned was that 63% of Americans are utterly. Absolutely, 100% certain that God exists. Hmm. 63%. Okay. 90% of Jehovah's Witnesses believe that. 88% of Evangelical Protestants, which all I have to say to them is, you're going to let Jehovah's Witnesses beat you, Evangelicals? I mean,
1: come on. <laughs> it's a competition. It's a competition for faith. Yeah, they've. where are the Mormons on here? I don't see them on this thing. Eighty-four percent Mormons. Not wow. bad. Not okay. bad. All right. But so, I guess it's larger, So a lot of certainty. A uh, lot uh, of certainty. In certain religious groups. Yeah. About the existence of God, let's say, just for something to believe in.
3: Yeah, but I would say you would see the opposite of the same thing when you were talking to atheists, right? That they are just as certain that God doesn't exist. They're just as certain in their beliefs uh, as, you know,
1: the people that they make sure. fun of. Uh-huh.
3: It's this issue of certainty that's the problem.
1: Right, right. Okay, certainty, which can lead to closed-mindedness. Closed-mindedness. Right.
3: Yeah, uh, narrow-mindedness. And I was thinking about sort of
1: this concept of doubt and faith. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Reza, like, I'm in kind of doubt right now, you know? I'm just—I'm not sure what's next in my life. I mean, I'm loving doing these podcasts, but— I I'm kind of in a in a state of like what does it all mean? So, I'm kind of there still. But fine with it. Yeah, I'm I'm Open okay with it. it. I'm okay with it.
3: Well, this is what the topic of our show is going to be okay. about today. Is this idea of doubt, right? And this kind of breaking through this nonsense that somehow uh doubt is the opposite of faith. Uh-huh. When in reality, doubt is an integral part of faith. It is for me, right? It is for you, sure, and it is for our guest today, Pete Holmes, my friend, your friend, stand-up comedian, star, and creator of Crashing, longtime podcaster, kind of like a like a grandfather figure, yeah. Like for Grandpa the, the podcast, pod. yeah. yeah. Uh, he has a podcast called You Made It Weird, which I've done, and some of them are three
1: to four it's hours long,
3: exhaust- and he doesn't let you pee in the middle of it. He's oh just, my you goodness! You talk for like three or four oh my hours. Goodness. Uh, Also wrote an amazing uh, memoir called Comedy, Sex, God. Um, And he, like me, uh, grew up in a very sort of uh, conservative Christian environment where it was all about certainty. And it wasn't until that moment of doubt that he truly began to explore uh, his faith, his identity, um, and and who he is You know what, Reza?
1: Let's let him tell the story. Oh, I, th- I was just going to say it for him. Should we actually hear him? I've gone over this with you a thousand times. Yes, my mistake. We have guests, and we want to hear them talk. Pete, what do you have you got to say? I don't think he's going to have very much to say, honestly. <laughs> Let's see what happens.
0: <laughs> I'm so happy that you guys had me. That's real. We're really
1: excited. Thank you for
0: thinking of me. I'm Pete Peter. <laughs> my nickname is Peter. Peter. <laughs> Uh, I'm a comedian and a podcaster and a writer and a, and an actor and and a human being. As a kid, I think probably like both of you and probably like a lot of us, I had a very itchy "What is this?" That's yeah. what I like to call it. "What is this?" I, I didn't like the the way that I saw a lot of grown-ups going around just going like "What this is this?" Mm-hmm. Let's let's eat pancakes and we have to pay the bills and we're going to be stressed about traffic. And I remember being in traffic or I remember being at the beach and just going like "What." What? We're all in this together? You're here and I'm here. Like, what is happening? And I didn't know until later that everyone's just sort of making it up. You know what I mean? So when people in khakis with keys and wallets and haircuts (laughs) and cars told me what it was, which was the Christian story. And I want to let you know that my heart is soft here. Yeah. I'm not saying this like, you fucking asshole. No, no, I'm we, yeah, we... they did what they thought was right, right. And they told me that this was basically a waiting room for later, right? a test. Mm-hmm. This is uh, a morality play, and I'm going to be a good little boy, just like my parents want me to be and just like Santa Claus wants mm-hmm. me to be. And based on my finite time on this planet, an afterlife of either torment or bliss would be offered to me. Um, so that, that was what I was told was going on here. So I bit really, really hard. I tend to have a very black and white m- mind. You went yeah, all in. I work yeah. on that. Yeah, but I go all in. Somebody tells me with authority they had a building with windows and, and symbols and smells and yeah. songs. And they're like, yeah. guys, we need to save people. They have a really old story. The greatest and, story ever told. The greatest story ever told. And it's the religion of my country so i'm getting all of this mm-hmm. identity i believe reza aslan told me that religion's first function is identity right? right and i got so much identity out of that as the younger child my brother was sort of uh living a more normal life he had girlfriends and went to parties and seemed to have friends and was cooler than i was and i was like well who am i and in this building and nobody's volunteering nobody cares about church i was like i care woo, I'm swept up into it, and I had so much identity, and I bought khakis, and I bought a white Oxford, and I got the high and tight haircut, and I led Mustard Seeds, and I led worship team, and I went to Christian college, I was in. I was like, this is what we need to tell people. Unfortunately, with all of the beautiful symbolism, the seven-day creation, the God saying it is good, um, the story of of Jesus, these, these very beautiful things, right? Uh, Mercy, grace, patience, forgiveness, justice, beauty, kindness, patience, grace, mercy. I know I said some of those twice, but they bear repeating. (laughs) They deserve twice. This is some good stuff. Yeah. Mercy, salvation, conversion. Mm -hmm. and, And these beautiful parables about... Jesus tells the story about the two workers that work in the field. One works from noon to 9 p.m., and one shows up at 8 p.m. and works to 9. And the farmer pays them both the same. These absurd paradoxes that, that belong in Buddhism. They're such um, non-dual koans. They don't make any sense, but this is the God I'm being told of, a God that loves everybody and gives irrationally. That was my wedding vow to my wife, by the way. I said, I vow to love you irrationally. I know I was there. I don't, I, I, right, I know. I don't think about I was there too. <laughs> I don't think about how I love you. So, I am love for you. So, oh, I sorry, one Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Also, the good stories of um, God saying, you know, if, if an evil person is kind to his children, how much kinder is your heavenly father going to be? I know that kind of makes some people cringe. He's saying, it's a metaphor, is going to love you, right? So I loved all that. I was like, oh shit, there's purpose, there's a there's a tick, there's a pulse that I can feel. And now there's an image that I can think about and meditate on this. Not, not meditate, literally, but like I have a symbol for what I've been looking for. What is this? Somebody stapled to that like an amendment. <laughs> like we want to pass a gun control amendment. And then there's also one that's like, and uh, no more funding for special needs programs or something. My no more funding for special needs programs was... Uh, Muslims are going to hell, Jews are going to hell, atheists are going to hell. Right. By the way, everyone I knew was Jewish. I went to a liberal Quaker school, actually, but all the kids there in Cambridge were Jewish. So, I'm like, they're all going to hell? So, suddenly, my heart is being filled on one hand and being broken with the other hand. Mm-hmm. And I, because I was getting so much identity, first and foremost, and a little bit of that equanimity from some answers, mm-hmm. I was also being squashed. Like, my throat was being crushed that I had to believe quietly, that dead relatives that I knew that didn't believe what I believed were going to hell, that my own brother was going to hell because mm-hmm. I knew he didn't believe what I believed. Mm-hmm. So fuck it. And every gay person. I, I mean, take your group. Yeah, Any group that wasn't us was fucked, and we were okay. Even other Christians were fucked. I mean, so, yes, go ahead. So the, I get very worked up about
3: this. Stuff. No, 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 I hear you, because I had a very similar experience, and I think... The word that you didn't mention, but that you keep sort of going around, is this idea of certainty, right? I mean, I think, you know, you like me in a lot of ways, you were searching, you were searching for answers. You were looking around, you were saying, this is all so big and vast and confusing. And there are so many different colors and so many different ways of being. And I'm, but I'm just a kid. Like I'm not in a place where I can actually maintain in my mind the idea that there are many paths, many truths, many ideas. We don't know. The answer is we don't know. And someone shows up and says to your questioning mind, Oh no, we know. I have the answer and here is the answer and it's absolutely true and it's absolutely certain. Jesus
0: always asked dualistic questions mm-hmm. and he answers from a non-dual place. That's what I think is Buddhist about it. So when someone says how can you know your buddha nature from the sound of a cricket? They're not looking for an answer. They're looking right. at br- they're looking for That's a koan, deals. yeah. Similarly, whenever Jesus is asked, why did you save that goat on the Sabbath or whatever? Why did you pick weed on the Sabbath? He never engages them on a dualistic level. He always tells a story like that that says, fuck your dualistic thinking. I'm somewhere else. I'm elsewhere.
3: But is that what you were taught when you were a kid? No. What I was taught,
0: so to to both of your points, one was a phrase that I use in my book um, about this. So I wrote a book all about it. It's called Comedy, Sex, God, because those are the three things I care about most. And then I say church was certainty worship. So somebody did, my, my, my home life I think was pretty normal, fairly normal. So it wasn't like, this isn't code for I was abused or anything, but it was tumultuous. My parents still do not get along. I don't I don't know if they like <laughs> each other or if they ever have. And they're still together, unfortunately. That's my joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. They go, are your parents still together? I go, yes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I was living in this very weird house. Very, very weird, very at times, unstable. And then I had people saying, male figures, let's let's page Dr. Freud. I had, like, father figures who were calm and nice and were like, here are answers and here are stories. And, and also, here's how to behave, to be in the group and to have the certainty and to show that you have the certainty. Be nice, don't swear, don't smoke, don't drink, don't have sex. And I was like, got it, got it, got it. I want to be a good boy. I want to be a good boy for my godfather and for my fake pastor father and for all the fathers. Just give me a father and I'll please him, right? Or a mother. So I was in the church. I got married when I was 22, because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, because I wanted to move to Chicago to do improv. It's very unromantic. But I was like, I said to my mother, again, paging Dr. Freud, I was like, what should I do? I'm dating this girl. I'm in love with this girl. I was a kid. I, and I don't want to live in sin. You know what I mean? That was me saying it. It mm-hmm. wasn't, my, my mother sure. wasn't like, you have to get married. I was in and i was like i want to move to chicago i was also very codependent and i didn't want to go alone so i got married and that and that's what i did um 7 years of the relationship we were married for 6 she had an affair and then i that sort of cracked the the idea that i had of god as a protector in the way that i understood protection i was like i thought we had a deal i'm not going to smoke drink swear have sex before marriage i'm not going to do anything fun or Whatever, I I use fun in quotes, but all these things that we're supposed to think are fun or whatever. And then you still, it was like I was paying the mafia and they still burned down my bakery. Like the hoodlums still burned down my bakery. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I thought it was all this protection money I'm paying Mm -hmm. you. But the truth is, so you could just say, so I was like, well, screw this. But the truth is actually a little bit more subtle than that. Because this God wasn't what I thought he was. I was then able to allow in and have tea with all these doubts that Mm. I had been having secretly, but doubt was looked at as a sin. So it's almost like it's a crazy world. A lot of people live this way where you don't want to have dark thoughts, I suppose, like you start thinking something morbid or morose or fucked up or absurd, and you kind of snap it away. Christians have a lot of those. That's like Book of Mormon, flip it Mm -hmm. off like a light Mm -hmm. switch. I would do that with my doubt. So it's like I had friends. I'm in comedy, for fuck's sake. I have friends dying, unfortunately. I go to their funerals, and I'm like, they're in hell? But I didn't feel like they were in hell. I just didn't feel it. It was not in line with my intuition.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to saving time and working more efficiently, it's the little things that start adding up and hogging time in your day. Grammarly Premium gives real-time suggestions on your writing so you can get to the next item on your list in record time. I teach writing. I drill my students on grammar. Grammarly is the way to always get
1: an A in my class. Grammarly Premium's clarity suggestions help you get your message across quickly without repeated or unnecessary words. Their vocabulary suggestions mean no more searching for synonyms which I'm constantly doing in my new book. With the free version of Grammarly, you're safe from embarrassing basic spelling, grammar, and punctuation mistakes, but Grammarly Premium's advanced time-saving features help you write more clearly and efficiently. Hit send with confidence and get your point across more efficiently and effectively with Grammarly Premium. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at grammarly.com slash milkshake. That's 20% off, folks. At Grammarly G R A M M A R L Y dot slash milkshake. <sighs> Milkshakers, have you ever had one of those ideas that you just don't know how to get started on making a reality?
3: Uh yes, you know that I have many, many times, Rain you have about 13 books
1: started that you haven't finished, Reza. One day. One day. Listen, experts say that not knowing how or where to start is one of the biggest causes of procrastination and not following through on ideas and the projects that you're working on. And this is why we're here to plug this app, Blinkist app, takes top nonfiction books, pulls out the key takeaways, and puts them into text and audio explainers called blinks that you can learn from in just 15 minutes. Use Blinks to learn about how to tackle procrastination, for instance. What they've done is they've blinked thousands of titles in 27 categories. Blinkist makes it so easy. I can
3: read all these books that I'm dying to read in just 15 minutes. I've been I've been listening to 21 Lessons for the 21st Century by that dude uh, Yuval Hariri. Everybody loves this guy, the guy who wrote sure. Sapiens. Who's got time? To read an entire Yuval Hariri book, not me, not you, <laughs> right now on Blinkist, there is a special offer that's just for our audience. You got to go to Blinkist.com slash milkshake and you can start your free seven-day trial and you can get 25% off of Blinkist premium membership. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, just like it sounds. Blinkist.com slash milkshake you get 25% off and a seven day free trial. Blinkist.com slash milkshake. Get learning, folks.
1: But you have a new conception of God that has been allowed in through this doubt. And now this God allows for comedy. Yeah,
0: that's right. And and allowed the comedy that I always wanted to be doing. When I started
1: doing comedy, it was very bad very, comedy.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: comedy. That's funny. That didn't work.
0: I liked it. That didn't it. work. You don't know I that. I don't know you There's well enough to make that joke. There's people listening. There's a lot of people laughing right now because this is your podcast. Mm, like
1: hundreds, hundreds. And of you burned, baby. There's dozens of people listening right dozens. now. Well, they turned it off. Oh, unfunny Christmas. comedy. Yeah, but,
3: the, but what Rain ah, is saying is that in this case, uh, you spent a good part of that early life being told doubt was a bad thing. Turn it off. You know, tackle it back down, right? Uh, that doubt is the opposite of faith. Right, I'm sure you heard that a lot of oh. times, right? That if you have faith and you don't, doubt. that's an
1: interesting question. Um,
3: and then, what happens is that doubt becomes a a creative thing for you. It like uh, it unleashes things for you. I almost called my book
0: "Lose Your Faith" in big letters, and then to find it, that is really what I see is happening. Is I I thought losing my faith and losing my wife were the worst things that could have happened to me, and of course, that those were the great sufferings and the great loves of my life that softened me and allowed me to be a free enough person. Mm. I needed to get, I needed to lose that certainty that, and that ego trip of belonging to a church. I needed to burn it to the ground. And I was briefly an atheist, um, mostly because I didn't think about it anymore. Mm. And I was like, well, I guess I don't believe in God. And then I took, um, mushrooms and I don't think everybody needs to take mushrooms, but that was very important for me. Mostly because sometimes people tell me this. They're like, I don't understand. I took mushrooms and I just saw a clown and he slapped me for four hours. (laughs) And I'm like, it's not what you see. It's that you see that with which you're seeing. You see that your brain is constructing reality from a, a, a large, innumerous series of stimuli and something inside of you is sort of constructing that. And then there's something witnessing that construction. So... Your witness doesn't change on mushrooms. You're still there looking at it, but everything that you see changes. So what remained? You know what I'm saying? Moods come and go, emotions come and go. Wives leaves, faith leaves. What clowns, clowns come and go. That's right. What stayed? What was seeing the clown? This is the beginning of soul awareness. As you're like, you're seeing a show, and mushrooms go, all right, this motherfucker sure thinks he's Pete walking around, buying a sandwich, eating a sandwich. What if we show him a clown? And it's it's not even real, but like, can he get into that impersonal, unborn stillness that's watching the clown?
3: Can I psychoanalyze you for a moment? <clears throat> Please. I think it's interesting that you went from sort of certainty about the Christian path to... Uh, to certainty that it was false right that you did flirt with atheism for for a while there because it seemed like again I like the way that you put it that it just seemed like the, the the obvious next step and I feel like there is something really fascinating about that experience because it's it's this idea that the the path of unquestioned belief and the path of unquestioned, the disbelief spring from the same place. The yeah. desire for That's certainty, a psychological thing, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: I took mushrooms and had an experience that I could not articulate. Right, not just like be- you could, you know, hit your head surfing and have an experience you couldn't articulate. I'm talking about like a prolonged five hour dream that was very important and very real to me. And I had the thought while I was on my yeah. journey. I'm going to have to talk about this and ruin it. So it's it's like Terrence McKenna says, there is a realm that, that you can't put into words. It's just so damn hard to talk mm-hmm. about, right? So I started to open. There was a softening. So that's what faith is. This is Richard Rohr. Faith isn't believing unbelievable things or pretending that you believe unbelievable things. It's a softening. It's an openness. It's a willingness for something to commune with you and pass through you that is freedom itself, that you can't, you can't, tackle it to the ground i know you'd like to and sell it like cbd oil you can't <laughs> it's it's freedom itself you can't even seduce it it's doing what it does that's what thomas burton says you can't seduce freedom itself when you're talking about enlightenment or conversion you can't be good enough to have it show up it's going to show up when it's going to show up you can just be willing What what is the relationship between freedom and doubt? Doubt is a part of the freedom that I enjoy. Freedom to move in sort of any direction. But I'm talking about an interior reality. Mm -hmm. People who are um, physically disabled, meaning they can't move, can be free. People in prison can be free. I'm talking about like an internal world where you aren't thinking about freedom. You're not thinking about what you can and can do. You're getting in touch with the fundamental beingness that you are, that's observing the story of Rain and observing the story of Pete. And when I'm in that place, detached from my emotions, detached from things going my way, detached from my ability to get what I want and do what I want and see what in the world, I am freedom. That's the freedom I'm talking about. Maybe liberation would mm. be a better... Or salvation or conversion. Or being. That's what I... I believe mm-hmm. God is being itself. I believe Thomas Aquinas said that. There, there's a way to say it in Latin, and that sounds sound really interesting. God is being, which sounds very New age Can you say it in Latin? I don't know how to say Goddess it. Goddess est beingus. <laughs> uh, I know Latin. The definition that got me back into God was Joseph Campbell's, which is that God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all categories of human thought, including being and non-being. So we're basically just conceding that we're dogs trying to understand the internet. But as Barry Taylor, the road manager for ACDC said, uh, God is the name of the blanket. We put over the mystery to give it shape. So we're just playing with ideas, same side. Scientists are trying to photograph it, truth, Mystics are trying to feel it We're trying to commune with it We're trying to vanish into it Like a spoonful of sugar into iced tea We're trying to lose ourselves And actually fucking have sex with this thing And I mean that literally I don't mean my penis I mean I want to merge
1: Well then that's not literal That's metaphorical You're right
0: Okay <laughs> You're right Sexual intercourse I'm talking about
1: I would have sex with that God blanket though <laughs> I mean if there was a blanket over an unnamed thing And it's like God's under that I would I would literally put my penis in that.
0: So, but when we're starting with everything we can agree on, I start with this reality. I have that bit where it's a joke, but I sort of mean it when I'm like, people say an afterlife doesn't make sense. And I'm like, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Life doesn't make sense. We all woke up into something that none of us asked for. And we're acting like, don't be stupid. Of course, when you die, it's over. You are proof that things that don't make sense happen. This is proof. I'm so with you on that. Things that don't make sense happen. That being said, I'm open to everything. I'm open to infinite possibilities, including nothing. That's that's all fine. Nobody get too worked up. But we are dealing with (laughs) God as a metaphor for a mystery. What is that mystery? More specifically, if we want to bring a little Ramdas into that, we're talking about consciousness. This is one of the things we all agree on, that the quality of being, of awareness itself, of being aware that you are, uh, and you are conscious is the mystery that none of us really have our fingers on completely. I would say, I don't know if we ever will, even if we have AI and all that stuff, it'll still be a phenomenon and a really interesting mystery. So that's what I'm saying, like, in the Old Testament, Moses asked God what his name is, and God says, I am that I am. So this is our fir- Yahweh is our first metaphor for being. Mm-hmm. This is a very old story about someone saying, I spoke with being. And if you've ever had either a hallucinogenic drug Or a transcendent experience, as I have as well, through meditation or mindfulness or just staring at a tree and not thinking for a fucking 15 minute. That's all you need. Look at a tree for 15 minutes and don't think. If you have to think, say, yes, thank you. Just allow it and thank it. That tree will start to burn like a motherfucking Old Testament bush. I swear to you. And that's what Jesus is going around going like, I know you love your rituals. I know you love your identity. I know you love your family. It's one tree, it's one bird, it's one vine, it's one branch. If you can get in touch with that core of being, this is important that you are. That's the message of Christianity, is that humanity and divinity are together. We were taught that Jesus was the special one, that he did it, and let's all worship him, and let's all swear that we believe that he did it. But it's right here and now. It's what's looking out your eyes right now. We would call it the Holy Spirit. The Hindus would call it the Atman. There's a drop... Of the eternal ocean in you making you work that is that is the good news and that everyone can agree with notice that I didn't alienate anyone else's beliefs anyone else's sexuality anyone else I don't want I don't give a fuck if you join me or not I, i'm I'm proud to say that I found a gospel or a good news that is for everybody and the way that it comes to us back to what I was saying earlier is through great love or great suffering Richard Roy And that's available to everybody. That's why I say that sounds like God. It's not, did the New Testament get to that man living on an island? You're goddamn right, great love and great (laughs) suffering got to him. And those things break your ego. And those things make you ask, who is it behind it? Everything is changing. What doesn't change? What is, what is observing the change? That's why my daughter is transformative to me. She is awareness. She doesn't have a story yet. She, she's getting one every day. I'm watching her build it. But she is. That is what I believe Christ means when he says, lest you be converted and become his little children. Little children are open. That is faith. They are seeing without a story. My tree, my property, my country, Bill's truck, Bill's wife. Bill, wake the fuck up. The least of these are the greatest. Because that's just another thing to say, like, you're not understanding. Everyone is God in drag. Everyone is already enough. Everybody is welcome. I don't care if you started working at 8 or 8 a.m. You're getting paid the same. Mm. And guess what? You've already been paid. It's not later. Eternity doesn't start when you die. We are hovering in eternity right the fuck now. I am definitely showing up at
3: 8 p.m.
1: Hey folks, uh, just so you know, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, a place like BetterHelp can help. What they do is they assess your needs and they match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. This is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. Uh, The service is available for clients worldwide. You can get timely and thoughtful responses. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you don't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy. Therapy has done wonders for me. Uh, It has really helped me in my psychological, spiritual, emotional growth. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. That's right. So
3: visit their website, read the testimonials that are posted there daily, and you'll see why people rely on BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com milkshake. That's better H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, I don't know if you knew this, Rain, but so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. And better yet, there's a special offer just for metaphysical milkshake listeners. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash milkshake. That's betterhelp.com slash milkshake. Start feeling better. Start taking care of yourself,
1: people. We love you and we want you to be happy.
3: This episode of Metaphysical Milkshake is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well-known for its delicious mushroom coffee. And I know what you're thinking, Rain. Mushroom coffee? Say what now? That's what I said. And then I made it. And let me tell you something, my friend. Best coffee I've ever had. Not a joke. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single-origin Arabica coffee, but with Lion's Mane Mushroom for productivity and Chaga Mushroom for immune support. Does it taste like mushroom? No, it tastes like coffee. And I love how it helps me focus. I can get shit done. I've been writing like six, seven hours a day on this stuff. It's amazing. I absolutely feel, <laughs> no joke, I absolutely feel
1: an uptick in my productivity every time I drink it. It helps me focus. For Sigmatic backs their products with 100% money back guarantee. Love every sip or get your money back. I'm not sending this back. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee, but this is just for metaphysical milkshake listeners. Get up to 40% off, plus free shipping, on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com slash milkshake. This offer is only for metaphysical milkshake listeners. It is not available on their regular website. Oh, this is, this is so special. This makes me feel really excited. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. Go right now to foursigmatic.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash milkshake and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. And remember,
3: if you don't like it, all you gotta do is send it to me.
1: Send it to Reza.
3: You brought up your daughter just a minute ago. Actually, I have two questions. Number one, uh, Rain, you have the oldest kid of all of us, so this is probably most true for you. Old (laughs) man, Walter, all of
1: 14. (laughs) 14. Uh
3: I can't even picture 14. My twins together barely make 14. Um, I wonder with regard to this specific issue of faith and doubt that we've been talking about, and as, I mean, I know your baby is just like 11 months, but do you... Do you and Val? Do you talk about this? Do you think about this? Do you are you consciously aware of how you want to teach um, your child what faith and doubt mean and how 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 connected they are together? Her,
0: her name is Leela, which is a it's a Sanskrit word. I'll, I'll teach her never to say that. By the way, don't, don't tell people. <laughs> but it's a Hindu idea. It's it means the dance or the play of mm. the universe. So right there is the, the only lesson that she needs. Her father her father is just the universe that's what you tell her you're the universe that's pretty she is yeah. too <laughs> uh but i'm i'm just dadding and she's just daughtering. and this again it's not dodging the question she is the great teacher she mm-hmm. is the softening she spilled my coffee today that is beautiful like
1: that's fucked up man uh...
0: You catch yourself cleaning up coffee. My dog is too. I catch myself cleaning up shit, like everything that comes your way is this is another opportunity to to remain with being and to be present and to realize that uh, paradise isn't after the shit is thrown away. It's it's right here. So her name is a is is a pretty overt lesson. But to say that all of it is a, is a dance, if she wants to be a fundamentalist or if she wants to be an atheist, it's all sort of part of the game. There's, And that is beautiful and that is compelling. And that is why I feel like when Jesus spoke, he had to get on a boat to sail out to sea a little bit because the crowd was too big. This is what people, transformed people, transformed people. That's mm. a Richard Rohr quote, right? So like I could tell her my theology, but even as I sometimes listen to myself speak, I'm like, this shit is making my dicks off. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't always work for me. That's why the coffee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to, like, stay in sort of a manic brain place where I can communicate this stuff. I didn't notice. Did you?
1: Not right. at all. No, not at all. You're fun. But, you know, I will say that um, I'm a member of the Baha'i faith. And <clears throat> in the Baha'i faith, one of the greatest services you can do. So life is all about service and what service you're giving to others uh, which is in so many spiritual traditions and so many atheist traditions too by the way but the greatest service really you can give someone is I love what you said and I'm really going to use this This is actually really inspiring to me that you do comedy to wake people up and give them freedom and give them joy and what greater service is there than to give someone else joy yeah thank you (laughs) not (laughs) really thank you for the joy right thank you for the joy Uh, we're going to hit you with some lightning round questions. Here we go. Uh, what color is God? What color isn't God? What's your biggest fear?
0: Pete's biggest fear? <laughs> yes. Pete's biggest fear. Pete's biggest fear, and I know this because I see it and I deal with it, is, uh, can be vanishing. He, he wants mm-hmm. to be seen. He mm-hmm. wants to be appreciated. And he wants to be reflected. He wants, nothing delights him more than saying something and it's reflected back to him and feeling that, like, togetherness. So I I guess I could say separation or um, uh, being alone, being completely broken.
1: When was the last time you ugly cried?
0: I think it's interesting. I don't know if it was ugly, but, like... We'll be the judge of that. (laughs) Well, I'm not gonna do it. Val and I were having dinner. It was in Hawaii. I think that's important because it was in this like very idyllic situation. And it was this romantic dinner this is before Leela was born. And there was this band, like a, a three-piece string band, and they started playing Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. And that's what I love about mm. the spirit. Mm. And that's what I love about music and dance and art and poetry's ability to like get us. And I and that's that's one of the great things about Valerie was I wasn't ashamed. Mm. There was no like I'm sorry about this. I just had like a good, I could cry thinking about it. Something about how honest that song is and the way the guy was playing it. There were all these rich people and nobody gave a fuck. And there was something weird about that. That is the divine to me. Mm -hmm. It's like a violin whispering to you in a room full of people complaining that the mahi-mahi is overcooked. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like Like, they thought it was the mahi-mahi and the clean sheets, but it was really that violin. And as Christ would say, did you have ears to hear? And in that moment, I had ears, and it was beautiful.
3: What's one thing you know for sure? <sighs> eh, nothing. The whole point of this is doubt. No, I you know. You don't know anything. No, sure. I didn't. I didn't want to say that I don't know.
0: All I know is that I don't know nothing. All I know is that I don't know. All I know is that I don't know nothing. All I know for sure. I mean, you do, you really don't know. Yeah, you don't. You don't know much. What is your life's big question? What is this? What is this? That's never a bad one.
1: Thanks so much, Pete Holmes. I wish I had
0: known that was the last one I would have milked it.
1: <laughs> we got we got a lot of milking. There's there's plenty was milked, don't don't worry.
2: Yeah.
3: Wow, I did not doubt that that was going to be a fascinating conversation.
1: That was conversation. honestly uh, really amazing. I knew that he was a spiritual guy. I knew he was a funny guy, but he really blew my mind. And I, I've got so much to chew on right now. I'm so really, really psyched.
3: So I, here's a question for you. If you were to sort of talk about what is the thing that you doubt the
1: most right now, mm-hmm. what would that be? That's the thing I always am wrestling with like am i am I doing it right mm. <laughs> am i do am i am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing like I'm always in this state of like why am I not in the slums of Bombay right now serving the lepers like isn't really that what I should be doing isn't all this Hollywood stuff and deals and roles and 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 sitcoms. Like, shouldn't I jettison this? Really, ultimately, at the end of the day, if I want to put my money where my mouth is, sorry, <laughs> that's a kind good of one. an estate.
3: For me, I guess it would. It's kind of like that for me, um, but it's less. Uh, should I be here or uh, helping the poor on the streets of Mumbai? And instead, it's. Should I be the poor on the streets of Mumbai?
1: Give it all away.
3: Give it all away. Yeah. Like, is it, am I, what am I doing? Am I, am I just creating this kind of false construct? Like, I guess my doubt gets so existential that I just doubt the reality that I am living in Ah.
1: itself. So, dear listeners, I'm sure you have doubts too. Please share your doubts, biggest doubt, your faith. Your certainty, your uncertainty with us. Use the hashtag metaphysical. This has been an astounding conversation. Really revelatory. We'd love to hear from you. Where are you at with your doubts, dear listeners? Guess what, Reza? The questions came pouring in on the old speak pipe. So many questions.
3: I figured you bring up God and people have things to say.
1: It is (laughs) is a popular topic of conversation, an incendiary one, no less,
2: I don't think God exists, I am an atheist, I think we just all live and die one day, we're all on a a floating rock in the middle of space, and I think that God, or the concept of God is just a security blanket for people who struggle with the idea that, you know, we are nothing, we're just super evolved species of monkeys on a random floating rock. And that's fine, you know, um, people can believe what they want to, to bring them comfort because at the end of the day, we only have a one very short life. And even though in the grand scheme of things, it's meaningless, the little moments that make you happy, you should, you know, cherish. And the little things that do bring you joy, no matter how meaningless everything is, you should do because, you know, that that's, that's what we're living for, happiness. So... You know, God might not be real, but I think that it's it's the idea of just, just grasping to to happiness in the meaningless life we have. I think that's what God is to some people, and I think it 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 varies from person to person.
1: Well, thank you, uh, random British atheist. I I thought that was a really lovely comment because, first of all, the little beautiful, golden, glorious moments that he was talking about, cherishing. Whether you're a theist or an atheist, uh, 100% believe that that's what life is all about, is those little beautiful moments of meaning. It doesn't matter if you think there's some kind of supernatural force behind this creation or not. And I was going to say in the first half of his talk, I was, I was like, God, if I felt the way he did, I would just put a gun in my mouth. You know, it's so depressing. <laughs> You're sitting on a rock in the middle of nowhere and nothing has any meaning. And it's all meaningless nothingness until you die. But then he turned it around and talked about finding meaning in your life. And, and then what I also loved and appreciated about him and is it seems so often that atheists get very triggered by people that believe in God. And he's saying, hey, if it gives you meaning, if it gives you hope, if that belief paradigm helps make your life better, then go for it. So he was a very supportive atheist of people that are on a different kind of, of journey. And I really appreciated that. And I think that's more of the kind of dialogue that people need around this topic. And you and I, Reza, we both kind of stay away from like the old debate of theism and atheism and it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of worn out. It's useless and it you'll never change anyone's mind. And I do think finding those points of commonality is really important. And that, and that one is find those precious, precious moments, either way, whether there's a God and a next life and a soul, or whether we're on, we're on a rock in the middle of nowhere, one on a meaningless journey, either way, at the end of the day, um, Finding those beautiful moments is what it's all about.
3: Well said. All right. How about one more?
1: Does God exist? (laughs) Hell no.
3: You mentioned it a second ago. You and I don't get involved in this whole does God exist or not theism versus atheism conversation because it's ridiculous. Like you're not going to prove anything. Plus... It's not like this is a rational argument. You're not going to make a rational argument for the existence or non-existence of God because fundamentally faith is an emotion and emotions aren't really pervious to like, you know, reason and data. I always say like faith is like love. Like You don't, love is just love. Like you love someone. No one's going to convince you to love somebody. You just do or you don't. And the same thing is true about faith. But as, you know, Pete just said just a moment ago, I think we got to be ready for some doubt, man. Like one way or another, whether you're a believer or whether you are a hardcore atheist, I think either hell yes or hell no is probably the wrong answer to the question, is there a God? Uh, The right answer is maybe?
1: I hear you a hundred percent. And I was just thinking as you were talking about love, the analogy I always use is beauty, because mm, you're not gonna I, yeah. like. I have this. I'm not. I can't convince anyone that this is beautiful. You know, it's like, oh, I see this as beautiful. It's like I, I see it as repulsive. Um, but it is. Uh, it has. It's beyond any kind of rationality. It's something you experience. It's something you feel or not. Is there beauty in the world? Hell yes. <laughs>
3: That was great. Well, you guys, keep these questions coming. We we love them.
1: We love them. We love them. Go to speakpipe.com slash milkshake. We've got questions. We have interactions with actual human beings. We'd love to get you involved, have you on the show, hear your thoughts, and debate them furiously and make fun of you. So please keep the calls coming. (laughs) You know
3: how to find us. We're on socials at Reza Aslan at... Rain Wilson. The show is on Twitter at Metamilk Podcast. It's on Instagram at Metaphysical
1: Milkshake. And remember to follow, rate, and review Metaphysical Milkshake on Apple Podcasts. Please write the little review. Just take take a few seconds. If you like the show, it helps us a great deal. (laughs) Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, and Colin Thompson. It is produced by Safa Samazadeh Yazd, Harris Lane, Mick DeMaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubell. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. It is edited by Tyler Newbold. It was additionally executive produced by Golriz Lucina and Dariush Brizuela Nothaft. It was produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of The Mashup Americans. Associate producers are Jocelyn Gonzalez, Lindsay Cradwell, Sarah Pellegrini, Mary Phillips Sandy and Shelby Sandlin.
3: you You're most famous for two things: your uh, comically absurd height. Ah, <laughs> that's not he true. He really is. Rain didn't know I was 66.
1: Six. Eh, he'd never heard of you until that's until later. Dear listeners, Thank that you. is so not true. I've been watching your comedy for years and I had no idea you were a Goliath. Yeah,
0: I'm as yeah. tall as a door. You're the
1: manute bowl of people, comedy.
0: People who make doors
1: go, surely no
0: one could need more than this. <laughs>